Amen. Our God is seated on His throne. Because of the resurrection, we know that our God is in control, and nothing, nothing is as beautiful and as wonderful as Him. You can go ahead and be seated. You look good this morning, singing good. It's so good to be here with you. Let me pray for us as we jump into God's Word. Father, thank You for Your grace, Your grace that is greater than all our sin, Your grace that is amazing, Your grace that is manifested in the life and death and resurrection of King Jesus. Father, we thank You that Your grace has been poured out on us in abundance, immeasurable grace. We pray that this grace today would sustain us, would open our eyes, would lead us, would help us, and most of all, would set our eyes on You. Lord, I pray for my friends in this room this morning. I pray for us all at every stage in life, at every stage in our journey with You and relationship with You. God, I pray that You would this morning do a great work in our hearts. pray that this wouldn't just be another Sunday, but this would be a Sunday we trust You, we believe You, we cling to Your promises, and we are changed by Your grace. God, I pray for the children in this room. I pray for the children to believe the resurrection of Jesus. I pray that they would grow up never remembering a time they didn't believe that Jesus actually rose from the dead. I pray for the teenagers and youth here. God, I pray that in the midst of all of the emptiness that they face, all of the empty philosophies and myths that they encounter day and day, that they would believe the resurrection is true and they would bank their life on it. God, I pray for parents and middle-aged people who are struggling with all sorts of midlife crises and wondering what the future holds. God, I pray that the resurrection of Jesus would sustain them, would help them to see clearly. God, I pray for the senior saints in this room. I pray for those that are looking forward to being with you forever. I pray that the resurrection of Jesus would be their hope and would be their foundation. I pray for us all that we would know these things to be true, and that knowing they're true, we would live lives that correspond to the reality of the resurrection of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that your power is sufficient. We thank you that you raised Jesus from the dead, and that that same power is alive and lives in us, and helps us and enables us to live day by day for you and for your glory. God, I pray you do your work in your people, build your church, allow your gospel to go forth, and give us faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of truth, and so Lord, let us hear your truth, and let us believe, and let us grow in our faith today. And I pray all these things in the great name of Jesus, amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, please turn with me to the gospel according to Luke. The gospel according to Luke. Chapter 24. If you don't have your own copy of Scripture, you probably can find a hardback Bible in the pew rack in front of you. You can find Luke 24. We're going to read the first 12 verses. Luke 24, beginning in verse 1. Luke has just been telling us about the women uh, who had seen Jesus be buried. And then he says this, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. 
And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how He told you while He was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered His words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Well, I want to ask you a a simple but foundational question question this morning, a question that has been asked since the very first Easter Sunday morning. The simple yet foundational question that I want you to take some time this morning to ponder in your own heart is this, is the resurrection of Jesus actually true? Is the resurrection of Jesus actually true? Like, did Jesus literally, historically, physically rise from the dead? Or is that just an idle tale? Or is that just silly talk? And the reason I'm asking this question is because I think most people in our day and time have not stopped long enough to develop their own convictions about this. Let's just admit something that we do feel strongly about that we all have had experiences with. When people die, they don't physically come back to life. When people die, they don't physically come back to life. I've never seen a dead person come back to life and I've never heard of it happening in my lifetime. And you know that if this happened anywhere in the world, it would be blasted all over the news and social media, but it just doesn't happen. As humans, we aren't surprised by that, right? When people die, they don't come back to life. Sure, some people imagine their dead loved ones as watching over them or even protecting them sort of like a guardian angel, but no one believes that dead people can come back to life. As a pastor, I've been in a lot of funeral homes. Like just yesterday, it was the funeral of Miss Doris Graham, who lived to be 100 years old. But I've been in a lot of funeral homes, and never once has anyone ever come to a funeral home expecting a dead person to be alive. It just simply doesn't happen. When people die, they are dead. We know this by experience. If you came up to me and told me that you saw someone physically come back to life after being dead for some amount of time, my reaction would be, nuh-uh, you're lying. 
that can't and doesn't happen. And this is where Easter Sunday confronts our experience and our understanding of the world. Like, all the things I said I believe are true. Dead people don't come back to life. I've never expected to see a dead person come back to life. And yet, we've been singing about and celebrating something that is universally regarded as impossible. Easter is the Christian celebration that Jesus, the Son of God, physically came back to life. He was killed, and three days later, He actually rose from the dead. And here's the question that people have asked for 2,000 years that I'm asking again this morning. Did the resurrection of Jesus actually happen? Did Jesus actually die and actually, that is physically, come back to life? Or is this whole resurrection from the dead thing just a neat spiritual fable that isn't supposed to be taken literally? Do you believe that roughly 2,000 years ago, Jesus physically, bodily rose from the dead? Or do you think that's just a Christian tradition that couldn't have possibly actually happened? Atheist author Richard Dawkins claims that educated Christians are embarrassed by the resurrection because their rational minds know that it is absurd to believe that a dead man came back to life. And it's not just atheists who deny that Jesus was resurrected physically. There are many so-called Christians and pastors who have adopted a mythical view of the resurrection where they say the important thing is that we imagine Jesus to be raised. We imagine Jesus to be raised spiritually. I shudder to think of how many churches, of how many pulpits today are filled with this kind of stuff, that we, we should experience a revived life in our day-to-day lives. That Jesus lives on in the hearts of His followers. That's how, he's, that's how He's resurrected. That's how we imagine Him to be resurrected. Notice in the text that we just read, the response of Jesus' first disciples to the news that Jesus was physically resurrected. Look at verses 9 through 11 again. Luke chapter 24, verse 9. And returning from the tomb, they, that is the women, told all these things to the eleven, that's the eleven disciples, and to all the rest. Verse 10 tells us who these women were, and it tells us they told these things to the apostles. Verse 11 But these words, these words about the resurrection of Jesus, about the fact that He was not there in the tomb, but these words seem to them, to the disciples, an idle tale. And they did not believe them. They did not believe it. It seemed to them an idle tale. More literally, you could translate this phrase as they thought it was pure nonsense. They thought it was silly talk, crazy talk. In other words, they had the exact same response that I would have had if you told me someone came back to life. No way, Jose. It can't and doesn't happen. Well, when it comes to the resurrection of Jesus, let me lay all my cards on the table right here 
and right now. And I mean this to be something of a stake in the ground of what I believe about the resurrection of Jesus. Listen, even though I don't believe dead people physically come back to life, I do believe that Jesus actually, physically, bodily, literally rose from the dead. Like, I believe that He was dead, dead, and now is alive, alive. Like, here's what I believe. I believe if you had been there in the tomb, you would have seen Jesus' lifeless body come back to life. If you had been there in the tomb, I believe you could have hugged or embraced Jesus physically. And I can honestly say that I've staked my entire life on this absurd truth. I've staked everything on it. Everything I believe and everything I am hang on the historical fact that Jesus did something that is impossible to do. That He rose from the dead. My whole hope for eternity and forgiveness and relationship with God is only as good as Jesus' resurrection actually happened. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, my life is a complete sham. I'm staking everything on the historical fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If Jesus' body is still buried somewhere in a tomb, or if His bones have disintegrated over time, then my life has no meaning and no hope and no purpose. Everything hangs on my faith in the risen Savior. And so my question to every single person, every single child, every single human being in this room right now is do you believe it? Do you believe it? Did Jesus actually, literally, bodily rise from the dead? And because this is such a vital question, I want to take some time right now to give you some reasons why I believe Jesus actually rose from the dead. And listen, I stand here fully aware that reasons and arguments cannot open anyone's mind. Only the Holy Spirit of God can open our eyes to see the truth, but I also believe God uses means to do that. And so I want you to know that there are some very specific evidences and reasons for the historical fact of the resurrection of Jesus. Our faith is not a blind faith. There are legitimate, good, historical, logical reasons for believing these impossible things to be true. And I want to highlight three reasons I believe the resurrection is a historical fact. Three reasons I believe this is a historical fact. And I'm going to show you in the text how I think these are the very same reasons that the disciples went from calling the resurrection an empty tale to giving their life to proclaim this resurrection. I'm going to show you how I believe the disciples believe these three reasons, and that's why they gave their lives proclaiming the resurrection in hopes that you and I too would give our lives to proclaiming this great truth. Here's the first reason I believe the resurrection. Number one, 
the empty tomb. The empty tomb. Notice that Luke tells us that a group of women went to Jesus' tomb in order to put some spices they had prepared on His body. So they were devoted to Jesus, but they were expecting His body to still be in the tomb, like any other rational person would have believed. But notice verses 2 and 3 tell us what they found when they got there. They were expecting to find Jesus' body, but verse 2 says, the stone was rolled away from the tomb. I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but I believe the reason that an angel of God or God Himself removed this stone was so that we could see what's in verse 3. There's no other reason for the stone to be moved other than so that we can know what happens in verse 3. Verse 3 says, they went into the tomb, but the body of Jesus was not there. The tomb, the empty tomb, has been and always will be the most clear and definitive proof of Jesus' bodily resurrection. No one has ever been able to deny that the tomb of Jesus was empty on that Sunday morning. And so you've got to ask the question, why was it empty? The oldest attempted explanation of the empty tomb is that someone stole Jesus' body. However, the historical evidence is overwhelmingly against that explanation. Matthew tells us that the Romans sealed the stone and posted soldiers outside the tomb to make it as secure as they possibly could to keep this very thing from happening, to keep someone from stealing the body. And if someone actually did that, if they overpowered the Roman soldiers, they moved this massive stone and they took Jesus' body so as to make everyone think that He rose from the dead, don't you think that eventually that truth would have come out? Like, would men be willing to die for what they knew was just a hoax? And maybe the best proof that Jesus' body was not stolen is the presence of those grave clothes that Luke mentions in verse 12. The grave clothes are still in the tomb. Luke tells us in verse 12 that when Peter went to the tomb, the tomb wasn't actually empty. There was something in the tomb. And that is the linen cloth that Jesus' body had been wrapped in. Now, if someone had stolen Jesus' body, do you really think they would have taken the time to unwrap His body first? No, they would have just picked it up as it is. In fact, in John's Gospel, we learn that the face cloth that was covering Jesus' face when they buried Him was folded up neatly by itself. Which John says is evidence for him that Jesus rose from the dead, not that someone stole His body. It is just preposterous to believe that someone stole Jesus' body. More recently, some have suggested another theory. There's the theory that the women went to the wrong tomb on that Sunday morning. That's why it was empty, because it was an unused tomb. But notice up in Luke chapter 23, verse 55, that Luke tells us that the women saw the place where He was laid. They knew the exact location of this tomb. This wasn't just a guess as to where Jesus was buried. They weren't following some vague directions. They knew exactly where He was laid. Besides, even if they didn't know where He was, even if they didn't know what tomb it was and they went to the wrong tomb, don't you think Joseph of Arimathea knew where his own tomb was? Don't you think the Roman soldiers would have gone to the right tomb and said, hold on on this resurrection stuff. Here's Jesus' body right here. 
They would have went to the actual tomb to show that Jesus didn't actually rise from the dead. Also, the empty grave clothes, I think, prove the wrong tomb theory is indeed wrong. You have to not only believe that they went to the wrong tomb, but you have to actually believe they stumbled on a random tomb that just happened to have empty grave clothes laying in it. It's preposterous. There is one thing that would, without a doubt, prove Christianity to be false forever. The body of Jesus Christ. If at any point in history, if at any point in history, someone would have produced the body of Jesus, Christianity would have been dead in an instant. But no one has ever been able to give a credible explanation for why that tomb was empty. Because the only explanation is that Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of God the Father, just as he said he would be. Friends, I believe in the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus because all the evidence points to the tomb being empty on that first Sunday morning. Why did the disciples go from people who said, that's silly talk, to dying and giving their lives for the resurrection of Jesus? It's because they saw the empty tomb. They saw his body was not there. There's a second reason that I believe in the resurrection of Jesus, and it's this. The post-resurrection appearances of Jesus and the radical transformation of the disciples. These are really two different evidences, but I put them together because they they go hand in hand. The post-resurrection appearances of Jesus and the radical transformation of Jesus. Of the disciples. So the rest of Luke 24 contains instances where Jesus appeared to his disciples after his death and resurrection. In fact, just scan down Luke 24. Look at verses 13 through 35. Jesus walked and talked with two of his disciples on the road to Emmaus. In verse 36, it says Jesus stood among the 11 disciples. So the 11 disciples were gathered together. And Jesus shows up after his death and his resurrection. In fact, verse 37 says, they thought they saw a ghost. Look at verse 37. They thought he was, they thought he was a spirit. This is what you and I would think as well, right? In other words, they, they thought he was not physically raised yet. But look what happens to underscore the fact that Jesus didn't just rise from the dead spiritually, that he wasn't just a spirit, a ghost, Look at how Jesus underscores this in verses 38 through 43. Luke 24, verse 38. And he, Jesus, said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he said this, He showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything to eat? Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. And what did he do in verse 43? He took it and he ate it before them. They touched Jesus physically. Look at it's me. Jesus invited them to come touch him, to see that he was physically, that is bodily, raised from the dead. And the resurrected Jesus eats broiled fish with them. 
Ghosts don't eat. Spirits don't eat. Jesus is underscoring and showing, giving reasons to believe His resurrection actually happened. Now, altogether, there are about 15 recorded events in the Bible of Jesus physically appearing to people after His resurrection. Now, skeptics explain these appearances by saying that it was all an elaborate hoax concocted by the disciples to make people think that Jesus rose from the dead. But friends, the reason that doesn't make sense is because when you think about each of Jesus' disciples and their willingness to die for the truth of the resurrection, I mean, don't you think if they had just made this up, that when they were about to be tortured and killed, that at least one of them would have said, oh no, we were just kidding about that resurrection thing. We just made that all up. No, these cowards, these doubters, These unbelievers all of a sudden became very bold and very willing to suffer and die in order to proclaim this very truth that Jesus actually rose from the dead. Listen, I don't know if you found this to be true in your life, but I found it to be true in my own life, in my own heart. Men do not suffer and die for beliefs that they know are lies. They just don't. People do not suffer willingly for things they know are lies. There is no way these post-resurrection appearances were just made up. You have to at least say, at the very least, you have to say, they believe they saw Jesus risen from the dead, and that changed their entire life. And friends, the only explanation for Jesus' post-resurrection appearances is that Jesus actually did rise from the dead. He didn't just say he rose from the dead. He proved it by appearing to people, hundreds of people, over the course of 40 days. In fact, lest we think the resurrection is just some prank created by Jesus' followers or some hallucination, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 that Jesus appeared to over 500 people at the same time. It's been proven that no two people can have the same hallucination at the same time in the same place, much less 500 people. See, by definition, a hallucination is a personal event. It's an individual experience that no one else can see because it's in your mind. And Paul says most of these people are still alive. You can go to them. You can ask them. When he wrote 1 Corinthians 15, he said, you can go check this story out. Verify that these people saw the risen Jesus. This evidence is indisputable. Jesus rose from the dead. And so you either embrace Him as the greatest treasure in the universe who did something impossible to do, or you reject Him as the greatest con artist to ever live. No one has ever given a good explanation as to why the tomb was empty and to how hundreds of people saw Him alive after He died. And that's because the true explanation is that Jesus really did bodily, physically rise from the dead. He did something that is impossible. He was resurrected from the dead on the third day, just as he promised. That's why I believe the resurrection is true. There's a third reason that I believe the resurrection is true. Number three, Jesus claimed he would rise from the dead. I believe Jesus literally, physically, bodily rose from the dead because he claimed that that's what he would do. Now, I'm aware someone would say that this is a circular argument. You can't use Jesus' own words as proof that Jesus did something. 
And I'm willing to admit that in most circumstances, this line of reasoning wouldn't hold water. But in this case, this is the reason, the reason that is most compelling to me. This is the reason for the resurrection that's most compelling to me. Because over the course of 25 plus years now of studying the Bible, Jesus has proven to be amazingly faithful and trustworthy in everything he says. Everything this man says is true and accurate. Jesus' words are confirmed as credible again and again as what He says actually corresponds to reality. The Holy Spirit confirms to my spirit that what Jesus says is true and trustworthy. And so when Jesus says over and over and over again that He is going to rise from the dead, I believe Him. I believe that that's what is going to happen if that's what He says. In fact, notice Luke 24, verses 6-8, through and how this very point is what's emphasized in the resurrection story. Verse 6, He is not here, but has risen. And then here's what these angels tell the women. Remember how He told you while He was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And what did the women do? Verse 8, they remembered His words. They remembered that that's what Jesus told them and taught them. Jesus predicted that He would rise from the dead and now they remember, now that after it's happened, they remember that He has said that. Look at how Jesus Himself emphasizes this in verse 44. So after Jesus appeared to them physically, He ate fish with them. Notice verse 44. Then He said to them, These are My words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Bottom line is this. If Jesus didn't actually rise from the dead, then His credibility is completely destroyed. What can you believe of anything Jesus said if He didn't actually physically rise from the dead? So even though we don't have video evidence of Jesus rising from the dead... What we have are Jesus' words and promises. And at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself whether you're going to trust Jesus or not. At the end of the day, you have to ask the question, is Jesus credible? Is He trustworthy? Am I going to bank my life on what He says or not? So again, do you believe it? Do you believe Jesus actually rose from the dead? That He did something that is impossible and absurd? I do. I believe in the resurrection. And I've banked my entire life on it. And so what, is, what difference does this all make? What does this all mean for us in our day-to-day lives? Well, let me close by giving you three thoughts of application. What does this all mean Number one, if the resurrection of Jesus is a fact, you should repent of your sin. If Jesus really did rise from the dead, you should right now repent of your sin. To repent means to turn away from it, to leave it behind. 
If Jesus really did die on the cross to forgive us of our sin and rose from the dead to prove that He is Lord of all, then our response should be to trust Him and do what He says. And Jesus came preaching repentance. Turn away from your sins and believe in Him. And so I call on you, acknowledge your sin now. Stop running from or hiding from your sin. Acknowledge it and turn away from it. Stop playing games with your sin. Repent and turn to Jesus, which is the second point of application. If, Jesus, if the resurrection of Jesus is a fact, then you should treasure Jesus above all. If Jesus really did rise from the dead, physically, historically, bodily, then you should treasure Him above all. See, if you believe the resurrection of Jesus is just a cleverly devised fable, then it makes perfect sense to ignore Jesus. If this is just all made-up Christian tradition stuff, then by all means, ignore Jesus. But if you believe the resurrection of Jesus actually happened, then it makes zero sense to not treasure Him above everything else. Like, you can't say Jesus rose from the dead and then treat Him as if He's unimportant. You can't do it. The, the risen Jesus deserves your utmost devotion and your total allegiance. This is what makes Jesus the hero of all heroes. He died and He was buried, but the grave could not hold Him and death could not keep Him. He conquered death because He is the author of life. The resurrection makes Jesus the undisputed heavyweight champion of the universe. He is the greatest and most glorious King of all kings. Friends, this is the heart of the Christian faith. Jesus lived a perfect life. He died in the place of sinners. And He got up out of the tomb. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And He is seated at the right hand of the Father, sustaining the entire universe by His powerful Word. The historical events of the Gospel declare to us that there is none like Jesus. There is no one as great and glorious and worthy of our total devotion. There is no one more worthy of our boasting in. There is no one more satisfying to trust in. The bodily resurrection of Jesus is the validation of everything Jesus said and did. That He got up out of the grave is proof that He can and should be treasured over everything else in this life. Third and finally, what does this all mean? What difference does this make? If the resurrection of Jesus is a fact, you should have colossal hope. If the resurrection of Jesus is a fact, you should have colossal hope. And I'm just, I'm going to be honest with you this morning, friends. I put this third and final point in there for myself. Because I need to hear this. And I think you probably need to hear this too. The resurrection of Jesus changes everything. Everything. This is the foundation of all our hope in the midst of a broken world, in the midst of a world where things are not right. We believe Jesus defeated death and that gives us colossal hope. Listen, because the resurrection is true, life, this life with all of its pain, with all of its sorrow, with all of its despair, is worth living well. 
as the old hymn says, because He lives, I can face tomorrow. If Jesus really did rise from the dead, you can be free of all and any addiction that plagues you. If Jesus rose from the dead, you can be content if you never get that dream job or that dream life you've always wanted. If Jesus really did rise from the dead, you can have, you can have endurance in the midst of a lifetime of struggles and sorrows and difficulties. If Jesus really did rise from the dead, you can endure a lifetime through a tough and difficult marriage. If Jesus rose from the dead, you can grow more and more joyful even as your body fails you in old age. If Jesus rose from the dead, you can face the death of loved ones without despair. If Jesus rose from the dead, you can persevere through decades of loneliness and abandonment. If Jesus rose from the dead, there is eternal life in Him. There is eternal life in Him. Jesus Himself said, John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in Me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in Me will never die. Everyone who lives and believes in Me will never die. The physical, bodily, literal resurrection of Jesus changes everything. And so live life well with colossal hope and joy in Him. Let me close with Romans 10.9. I want everybody looking at this on the screen. Romans 10.9. Every child, look at what this says. Every teenager, look at what this says. Paul says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. If you confess that He is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And so my question is, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe Jesus was raised from the dead? Is He your Lord? Let's pray together now. Father, thank You that there is massive reason to believe in the impossible. To believe that Jesus did what is absurd. To do what our rational minds know is impossible to do. Thank You for all the evidence. Thank You for all the reasons. But Lord, I pray in this moment that You would open our eyes and our heart to believe these things. That You would confirm them to be true and trustworthy and valuable. And God, I pray for every person in this room who is not trusting You. Who say, yeah, they believe because that's what they grew up hearing, but really in their hearts they don't believe. God, I pray that You would do Your work in opening their eyes and their hearts so that they would confess that Jesus is Lord and they would believe that You rose Him from the dead and that in believing they would have life eternal. That they would be saved by trusting in the One who is the resurrection and the life. Oh God, help us to respond to these truths with repentance, with faith, and with colossal hope. For it's in Christ alone that we find our hope. It's in Christ alone that we stand in the midst of this shaky, shaky world. 
we want to say all other ground is sinking sand. It's on Christ a solid rock we stand. We pray all these things in Jesus' great name. Amen. Amen.